are listening to the 411 Forecast Wrestling Podcast on the one and only 411 Podcast. You just heard the Resident Complex with that super cool opening. Be sure to check out their debut album, North Ave, on all your favorite streaming sites. I am Justin Watchery, and last week it was Noah drinking. This week, it's me. So right now, let's kick it over to Matt. What's up? Hey, yeah, thanks for having me back. You know, this should be a really good episode. I'm kind of excited to go over it. Some of it's going to be pretty self-explanatory, but I think we'll approach this from a couple of different angles, play devil's advocate with some of these. But, yeah, Mr. Manny Moses here, and I brought Noah Watry along this time, Justin's brother. Noah, what's up? Manny Mo, what do you propose? All right, so maybe I was drinking a little last week, but my points still stand. And my list still stands, so Justin, you can out drink me today and let's see whose list stands the test of time. <laughs> All right. I, I, like I out drink you every day. So yes, this will be our Mount Rushmore of Pro Wrestling. Quick little rundown. It's just basically the top four stars of all time. I posed this over to Twitter and you know they got some great responses as always for me. We got Yash here says Steve Austin, Rock, Hogan, Undertaker. Obviously, four big names there. We will get to those. And then Mr. WWE Trivia Generator, who we usually agree on everything, he says Bruno Sammartino, Hulk Hogan, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and John Cena. And his honorable mention, Shawn Michaels, his absolute favorite, Vince McMahon, The Rock, and Ric Flair. Holly, who just did this to mess with me, says Hogan, Rock, Cena, and Triple H. Yes, that is a sarcastic post from her. And I think we should start with one that I believe we will all agree on. So it's kind of best to just get it out of the way. So just say aye if it is agreed. Mr. Hulk Hogan. Aye. Aye, aye. Aye, aye. Aye, aye, Captain. Aye, aye, Captain. Pretty self-explanatory here. Hulk Hogan, you know the name. You know everything, the scandals, the controversy, the wins, the titles, everything about him from mainstream to the business. For me, the biggest thing was longevity because actually he started in the WWF, and everyone forgets that, but he was actually for Vince McMahon Sr. before Vince McMahon Jr. actually took over, but the AWA, his Rocky appearance in the movies, Everything in the 80s he did with Hulkamania and the Rock and Wrestling Connection. And the best part was right when the run was ending, he went to WCW and turned bad and reinvented himself. And then what was old again was new. And then he came back again in the 2000s. Matt, what do you think? Hulk Hogan. Yeah, I mean, you can't really argue against that. I, I was As you're listening off all of that, all that he's accomplished, I mean, it, it's hard to, to not have him on there, I, you know. I mean, can you make a case against it? I mean, who could you who could you have on there instead of Hulk Hogan that created such an impact? Yeah, I mean, I think it'd be really tough. Yeah, I think that's that's a no brainer. Yeah, I agree. No, um, absolute no brainer. Um, he, if we were going in order, he would have been number two on my list. Whoa! Despite being a no brainer, um, but I feel like he's just synonymous with wrestling. And it doesn't yeah. matter what age you're at. If you grew right. up in the 80s, you grew up in the 90s, the 2000s, you know, our age now. Like, if he were to come back and, you know, WWE wrestle, like, you'd watch again. Yeah. I mean, and it, and like Justin said, okay, the 80s, obviously, super popular with everything. 
growing up 90s turned heel still super popular maybe for the wrong reasons but i mean he did everything from commercials movies tv shows anything that had hogan on it you watched you bought you paid attention to um there's just no more bigger marketable guy i think in wrestling history than hulk hogan and it, and it still would ring true today i don't know how old he is i mean got to be what 70 <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I mean, I don't know. Seventy? I don't, like, I don't think he's that old, but probably pretty okay. cool. <laughs> okay, but I mean, still, like, if he came but, back and you're like, "Well, they're going to wheel him out, and he's going to wrestle a match," okay, right. I'm, I'm going to pay for it. Exactly. I, I haven't watched in years, other than WrestleMania last year and Fastlane leading up to it. Uh, thanks for that great promotion, WWE Network. But anyway, <laughs> if Hogan's there, like, I'd still would watch. Yeah, it, it goes back to something I believe it was Arn Anderson who said. He just said, when you think of wrestling, you think of Hulk Hogan. Yeah. He said whether you've watched five seconds of it or five years of it, when somebody says Hulk Hogan, you know, well, he's that wrestler. Yeah. And that's a great point because whether you like heels, whether you like faces, it's like how do you not all of a sudden get amped up and pumped up when he starts hulking up and – you know, putting his ear to the crowd, whether you hate the guy, it's like, you're like, okay, here it comes again. But every single time, no matter who he faces, what happens, you, you st- it still puts a smile to your face. You still want to see that leg drop. And, and then the music even, the music, the, mu- oh, yeah. mentioned, totally. the music still to this day completely, like the whole Real American theme song. I mean, it's literally like the total package with Hogan. So and absolutely, he's... If he's not on someone's Mount Rushmore, I would immediately stop them and say, "You're done. You're done. <laughs> yeah, you're done." I um, would say the better he's parts. He's sixty-five years old for the record. Okay, so you're, you're oh, okay. He's so I'm not that far off. No, <laughs> no, pretty close. I would say one of the better parts is sixty-five. You know, looks he, like he's eighty. Oh, I'm sorry. What was that? <laughs> <laughs> I would say the the best part is some guys can only the ring uphill both ways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, without shoes in the snow. So the part about it was he could be the greatest face of all time, but as the '90s proved. He was also then the great heel. He went from red and yellow to black and white, which is unheard of, and obviously the NWO, and then that ended up beating WWF, which was kind of funny. So he created WWF, and then he went somewhere and then beat the monster that he created. Wow. Which which I guess you're true because when he did do that heel turn, like it's almost like John Wayne being like, oh, he played a villain in a movie. Like if you had said, oh, Hogan's going to turn, he's going to join WCW, he's going to turn, he's going to be heel, lead NWO, you know, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, black and white, like, that would probably be on the top of, like, there's no way that's happening. Oh, that's a good analogy, right. yeah. I think right. the uh, the second part that's going to lead into my next competitor is, there's actually a quote that Ric Flair said, I believe it was from 2009, he was straight-faced, stone-faced, everything was clear, and he just literally looked in the camera and said he's sick and tired of saying Hulk Hogan's the biggest star of all time. It ends today. Stone Cold Steve Austin is the biggest star of all time, and he is my next man on the list. It's Mm. not close, Stone Cold. Every record Hogan said, if you don't believe me, you can clearly believe Ric Flair, who was right there with Hogan during that era, and it's not even a contest to me. Every record Hogan broke, then got broken by Stone Cold, and we can talk about Attitude Era and the huge ratings and everything that Stone Cold did. But I don't know about you guys, but Matt, what do you think, Stone Cold? Yeah, I agree. I I, lo- I like that one. I mean, there there are some people you could pick through the Attitude Era, which I, I think we might start to get into after Stone Cold. But I, I mean, he 
he just define he defines a generation, not just in like the Attitude Era or you know not even beyond the gimmick, right? But just going against the authority, no matter how old you were, you you could root for him, you know, and you wanted to be him, and he he reinvented it or uh, reinvigorated, you know, what word you want to use for that? But like basically everything you listed off for Hulk Hogan is what Stone Cold like reinfused into the business through that time period. You know, just whether it was mo- movies or uh, cameo appearances on TV shows, things like that. Like, uh, just everything. Yeah, All right. I, th- yeah I think Stone Cold kind of left off or, or took things further than when Hogan, you know, moved on and went WCW. And they, they definitely did have to push the envelope and say, okay, we're, we're new edge, we're cutting, we're going to shock you. You know, Hogan turned. And also Stone Cold was more in your face. And he definitely kind of took the reins and, like, held back then WWF together and the whole attitude era. And it was definitely something they needed to come through and do. Um, certainly D-Generation X, I feel, played a big part in that too. But yeah. Stone Cold, I mean, without him, they do they survive? Do they make it? Do they get that that fan base still, the people that just go absolutely ballistic? When And I, I'm a big guy in theme music. Yeah. And, I yep. feel like theme music can totally set the tone for an entrance for a guy to come back. And all of a sudden you hear that glass shattering, like that's got to be up there for ultimate entrances. And I mean, just the fan reaction, all the signs that you would see, everything oh, yeah, that the, he kind of took 316. over on the mic. Yep, yep. Austin 316, yeah. all this when he started the what movement. Like <laughs> I, I remember it was annoying. It became annoying, but like, I mean, it still goes on, I bet. Like, Right. The thing about it was it's funny that it kind of comes full circle is because, you know, Hogan created WWF and that monster in the 80s. And then 90s, he ended up beating the own monster that he created with the NWO and WCW. But then what ended up turning the tide and beating him at his own game was the Stone Cold Mike Tyson rivalry. And mentioning that uh, Stone Cold shirt, I believe... I want to say it's either the top or top two best-selling wrestling shirt of all time. And there's a story that during uh, Austin's peak year, just off T-shirt sales, nothing else. I think it was he made like $15 million. It was that hot. Oh, my goodness. I I will say if I saw that at rummage sale, I would buy that and probably wear it to this day. Yeah, Um, and the thing about the best part was, you know, he was basically told when he won the King of the Ring, and he said Austin 316, he was mocking Jake the Snake, who had been quoting Bible verses in the buildup. But mm-hmm. that was off the cuff. None of that was planned. They pretty much said you're winning King of the Ring, you know, 10 minutes, whatever it is. And then afterwards, you're going to be interviewed for a minute, cut your promo and tell the world that you've arrived. And on the cuff, he said, Austin 316 says, I just whipped your, you know. Yeah, so and then sure enough, $15 million and record ratings and everything else. Yeah. Austin 316. It's number one still, according to this article. Yeah, number one. And then uh, number two is the Hulkamania Hulk rules. Yep. I was going to yeah. say Hulkamania's got to be there. Um, And I would quick say the Hulkamania thing, this is where everyone gets upset with the inflation and like, oh, Star Wars box office record broken and all these things of inflation. Uh-huh. Imagine the Hogan popularity with you could do shop zone online there was nothing online or internet right imagine imagine twitter imagine youtube facebook i mean right exactly i'm there literally would not even be a comparison it would be double triple i think at least at least right and that's Um, back to my hogan and stone cold not even close as number one and two okay so i just want to say also a point on uh stone cold is 
Um, also, if you have not read his book, his book is my favorite out of all the wrestlers' books that I have read. Okay. okay. Now, I haven't read all of them. I think I've read maybe, again, probably a low number to all the fans out there, but maybe at least 10 of them. Yeah. I would but, say that Stone Cold actually, I believe it was a few years ago, said that, you know, he wasn't exactly too happy with that book and has a lot more to say. So there might well, and, I, and I would love to read it again, but yeah. to me, it, it really, like, kind of hit a note. It was more on a, a personal level with him, and it's like, okay, you can look back and like, okay, now I understand this, I understand that part of it. Yeah. And respect want- the journey. But also, um, last week when we were talking about honorable mentioned matches, which, which was hard for me was a lot of my matches weren't title matches, so I couldn't list them. But if if they weren't title matches, um, top five for me would have been Rock versus Austin number three at WrestleMania, just because of what it meant. And that's one I still will go back and watch. And again, Austin's book, so the whole buildup of it in Austin, I mean, yeah. You, you just, again, like Hogan, you can't have a Mount Rushmore, I think, without Austin. I will say that two quick points, and then we're going to go to Matt's next pick. Two points real quick. I did really like his book. I'm glad that it ended when he retired, but obviously, you know, there's now 16 more years of material he could write about. And right. the part we mentioned with Hogan being a great heel, we mentioned this last week, Austin, as great as a heel as he was, it didn't exactly bring in the money or do what NWO did for WCW. So, Matt, your next pick? Yeah. Oh, well, like, what? just to... to resonate what you were saying about stone cold too like it doesn't like the punisher right if you make the punisher a bad guy like the appeal is that he's a vigilante like you know he's the anti-hero so how you yeah. make the anti-hero bad guy you're basically right. you're, you're okay anyway i just wanted to make that point um okay so mine this one i i picked the rock okay i picked the rock i feel like he you could argue a spot for John Cena, you know, we haven't given our four yet, but I feel like the rock paved the way somewhat, not that Hogan didn't, but, but definitely as far as like blockbuster movies and making it maybe more appealing to crossover into entertainment, you know, uh, whether it's uh, hosting a reality show or things like that, like not just the sport of wrestling, professional wrestling, but the, the entertainment side of things. Uh, what do you think? Noah, did you want to harp on this or? Rock is one that is not on my Mount Rushmore, but I will say he was literally the one I was debating between who I'm going to say next. It was him and someone else, and right on the cusp, especially because of the crossover with Hollywood and everything, but I just felt like he wasn't there long enough, and his peak still never topped Stone Cold's. Bingo. I feel like, yeah, he was awesome. I loved him. I love when Rock wrestles. But it's like you put you put Rock against Austin, and they were both faces for a, a long time in, in the end of their careers. Right. But everyone wanted Austin. Even when Austin still was turning heel and being with Vince and the whole what thing and invasion, like they still cheered Austin. Like they still wanted to see the stunner. They still wanted to see Austin win. And it was like, okay, rock bottom, rock bottom, people's elbow, and it's like Austin kicks up and they're going nuts over. It's like, what? <laughs> and, and I love The Rock. I think yeah. he's been amazing for wrestling. Like, if there was a 4B or a number 5, just maybe, you know, on the edge, like Mount Rushmore, <laughs> sure. Rock, Rock's little, you know, eyebrow, we can get up there. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I feel Rock, but I feel like Stone Cold just always slightly edged him. Yes, that's true. He was always, you know, the cane to the Undertaker. And if yeah, you go back to the good, rest of the yeah, matches, that's until, a good point. until Stone Cold retired, 
you know, every time they fought, literally every time they fought, you know, Stone Cold ended up winning. And when Rock ended up getting that main event run, it was only because Stone Cold was out for a year with a broken neck. The second he came back, well, guess who was right back on top again, winning the Rumble and going to Texas to win the title? It was Stone Cold. And I will add that The Rock is actually right under my top four. So he is definitely right there. And on Noah's point, not that he wasn't there long enough because he's kind of, I mean, in 2011, he had a little bit of a comeback, so he did add on more years. Yeah, I didn't watch then, so I didn't know. Yeah, I will add that um, I would almost put him on the Hollywood Mount Rushmore more than the wrestling one. And to Matt's point, he absolutely crossed over, and it was huge in all of his big movies. He's making $15 a movie now, and obviously you can't argue his success at all. It's huge. Mm -hmm. But again, does that go back to wrestling? That's where he started and got the big break. But isn't this now? Are we talking about his Hollywood success more than in the ring? Yeah, and I sure. and I feel like and no knock on him wrestling wise because again he was awesome to watch. He headlined it, but but it was always like you said because Austin was out. And number two, looking back, you're like, yeah, it, it kind of looks like yeah he always had not another agenda, but it's like like it wasn't synonymous with wrestling. Like you think of The Rock now, do you think of wrestling? No, that's a really good point. That's I don't think really anyone point. does. Unless you grew up literally watching him wrestle, I don't think you think of him as that. Yeah, when you, yeah. Watch, you watch him cut a promo, you could tell he was meant for bigger things. Like and that, that's awesome for him. WWE great, isn't great, big enough. Right on the mic. Yeah, like if, if, there's a top be... mic skills, yeah, if there's yeah. a top mic skills, I think I would put Rock number one, honestly. Right. I would even add that, you know, well, if we're calling him Rock, I mean, obviously that's not his name. So I would say he's still connected to wrestling, obviously. But I would say, you know, even years back when he did return in 2011, uh, my little sister, you know, she didn't know he was a wrestler before. She said, oh, the actor. Well, okay, so, you know, obviously skip the generation. Yeah, I mean, she was how old? Nine years old, eight years old. So, I mean, so it's not entirely fair. But again, it just showed that, yes, he had kind of moved on at that point and. He still comes back once in a while, but hasn't had a match in, I want to say, three and a half, three years, something like that. Yeah. So, he, you know, he's clearly moved on. But, Matt, just real quick, am I correct that we are both Hogan and Stone Cold as two of ours? Yes. Yep. Yeah, all okay. of ours. Okay. Hogan all and Stone Cold, yeah, yeah all def- three of us. De- definitely Hogan and Stone Cold. I, I couldn't, as you know, did you, I couldn't make an argument against either of those. Okay. Did you, did you have The Rock, Justin? I no, I said he was right below my yeah, top. Yeah, and Rock Rock would have been my very next one too. So four four B, <laughs> right? Yeah, officially called four B. Get the eyebrow on Mount yeah. Rushmore. Like <laughs> All right, so Noah, do you want to give your third one or should I? Oh, so the Rock's last match was in 2016 WrestleMania 32. It was yeah, was and I don't. Good? It was a nine second match. Yeah. <laughs> what? Hold on, hold on. Oh hold come on. on. All right, I got a backstory. Okay. His last- before your backstory, I just want to say all these guys when their last matches and retirement <laughs> matches, I'm like, I wish they were legitimate last matches, retirement matches. You're like, oh, Rock's match was against Stone Cold and he lost and blah, blah. And you're like, well, actually. Reti- well, retirement, actually. Retirement, retirement he came, he came back and faced Funaki and gave him a rock bottom <laughs> through the table. Like, okay, great. <laughs> Well, actually, that was Stone Cold's last match, and still is. Today. <laughs> Come on. So, no, I will say no one takes the stunner like The Rock. <laughs> yeah, he should be on the Mount Rushmore. Of that no, Stone Cold's last match was 2003 against The Rock, but The Rock, like I said, came back in 2011. 
He came back for three straight manias, which was a three-year program with John Cena, and each year topped a million buy rates and set new records each time. So clearly a success, huge success, which we'll get to my third pick, Mr. John Cena. Spoiler. But I will say, and then he took a three-year break. What basically happened was I believe he tore a muscle or something in the match with Cena. He lost. He passed the torch. He raised his arm. You know, the big deal, blah, blah, blah. And then in 2016, he came out. He was the like he was supposed to do something at the Texas Cowboy Stadium for Mania. Sure. And they kept hyping he was doing something, and it was very vague, and nobody really knew what he was doing. So he comes out, has like this huge blowtorch, and like does this huge big entrance with the Cowboy cheerleaders and stuff. He comes out, and he announces it's the new biggest attendance record of all time for the company. It was like 101,000 or something, obviously in Cowboy Stadium. So. You know, huge event, and all of a sudden he was just like, you know, he raised the microphone, and everyone was thinking like, really, that's it? And then Bray Wyatt came out. The Wyatt family interrupted him. They talked trash, did the back and forth. The Rock hit all of his insults. Then all of a sudden he goes, you know what? I'm not here for a WrestleMania fight. I'm not here for WrestleMania brawl. Then he took off his shirt and had his boots and tights and everything out. He goes, I'm here for a match. And he's like, so Bray Wyatt, you send me one of your goons right now and we'll have a match. And literally the guy walked into him to a rock bottom and pinned him. The reason, <laughs> the reason being was because. Did he, did he at least give him the people's elbow? No. The reason oh, being. Oh, then, then it's dumb. Hold on. The reason being was, like I said, during his Cena match, he tore a muscle, which pretty much from there the producers were like, you're, you're done competing. They had to stall filming for like three months and obviously cost money and you know, halted everything. So pretty much he's not allowed to get signed on. Notice Batista, it's going to be very interesting how his Triple H match goes in a week and a half with his filming schedule. In case he gets hurt, that's going to be bad news for him and his big money in the Marvel series. Well, Batista, my number one. Yeah, right. So anyways, (laughs) after the match, immediately the whole Wyatt family jumped back in the ring and attacked him. And then who came out and saved him? John Cena. They came out, they did little tag team moves, and I believe he then did the people's elbow. Cena did his trademark stuff, and then they did, again, like another pose. So that's basically how Rock – he's appeared since then a little bit, but that was kind of his last big appearance. And like I said, he had returned 2011 to 2013, three straight record-breaking manias. But since then, his in-ring has pretty much been gone. All right. Okay. Do you want to do you want to steamroll that right into your your third pick, John Cena? You hinted at. Yeah, well, I said it last week. I said Hogan, Stone Cold, and Cena. I'm kind of going to leave my fourth as a little uh, teaser here, but I had mentioned John Cena, and I don't even know if there's a lot because everything Hogan did and all the records he broke were broke by Stone Cold and Cena. I mentioned it last week. I mean, it's a seven billion dollar company now, not one billion. You can't really argue that. And everything um, from longevity, Cena actually holds the record now for longest run on top consecutively, not Hogan, certainly not Stone Cold, who actually only had three years on top, 98, 2009, 2000, he was out injured for a year, and then 2001, and then he walked out in 2002. So actually, Stone Cold only had three years. John Cena debuted in 2002. We're sitting here in 2019 talking about him. So that's 17 years, in case you can't do the math. So clearly over three years of Stone Cold. And like I said, the business stuff, the merchandise, Cena is now outsold Hogan and Stone Cold. Again, inflation, times change. You can add in all the excuses you want, but money is money. 
And in terms of business, Cena has, I believe it's like five or six of the top best-selling WrestleManias of all time. He was the main event in all of them. So again, it's kind of hard to say a variable and stuff. It's always been Cena. And then even if you want to go to victories, everyone talks about Ric Flair being the 16-time world champion as the record. Well, John Cena tied him in 2017. He also has 16 world title reigns. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I can't argue any of those points. <laughs> no. no. What do you think? <laughs> we can't we can argue them. Um, Cena's not on my Mount Rushmore. Oh. Um, I didn't think he, he would be. <laughs> yeah, he's because, I mean, he wrestled more so when I stopped watching. I was a huge fan, though, again. I think I touched on this a little bit last week. I was a huge fan when Cena first started, when he came out rapping, wore the throwbacks. Five Knuckle Shuffle, you know, the word life, everything. I was super into it. But at one point, I had everything that he came out with as far as, like, his gear. Yeah. You know, the, the shop zone and the little wrestling magazines you'd get every month. Like, anything Cena, I, I literally, like, bought. So, at first, I had it all. Loved him. Um, but I feel like, again, more almost on the Hogan point. I feel like he definitely was all of a sudden became more Hollywood and a, more of a Hollywood wrestler. And as far as like the buy rates and stuff, I don't, I don't understand how. Like, okay, so you're like, oh, WrestleMania did this record number, so they just attribute it to whoever main evented, or how do they figure that? Like, well, was it I mean, of Cena or well, the top guys bring the business. You're not going to say Joe Blow in the opening match is the reason why a million people bought well, a pay per view. Well, for uh, instance, actually, well, actually not. not so not quick to steal a Justin line here, but. Back in the day, like, I feel like when we all watched as a family, yeah, we were interested in, you know, Triple H and Stone Cold and The Rock, but I think we all liked a lot of the undercards. We liked, you know, those intercontinental matches. Uh, we loved the tag team matches. Like, I, I would have bought pay-per-views just because of t- TLC and Hardy Boys and cage matches. and. Well, right, you know, yeah, absolutely. Like but, but, I mean, those are the top tag teams, which I believe we already ranked or we – we're going to, but the thing with that, I mean, again, it goes back to the ratings and all that. I mean, who sold more shirts, you know, Taz or the rock. So who's going to get the credit for, you know, oh, merchant Taz. sales, probably the rock. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I did have a Taz shirt. I did have a That's Taz true. shirt. That, that Taz true. mission, I tell you. <laughs> so, you know, who's going to get credit for putting everyone in seats, you know, Cena or it's again, Joe, Mr. Joe one. Blow in the dark yeah. match before the show. So you don't have to necessarily attribute it to him. Fine. But again, who are you going to attribute it to? Yeah. Somebody? I, I get why playing. I get playing the numbers, but I feel like it's still kind of anyone can play numbers the way they want. But but no, I, I get it. Cena was the top guy. He was awesome for right. people. People loved him, but then again, people hated him too. Yeah, and that goes back to the Roman Reigns issue right now. I think the thing with the another comparison. I mean, who brings people into the Patriot Stadium? Is it Tom Brady or is it an offensive lineman? Nobody knows. So let's be real here. So the thing with also is you know. Conor McGregor versus Floyd Mayweather, you know, record numbers on boxing. Well, tell me another fight on the card. You can't do it. It's obviously the main eventers that bring in the money. (laughs) So, again, to say, well, maybe it's not Cena that does it or not the main events or whatever. I mean, I get it. I love taking two. So, it's clearly – it starts from the top down. I I get it. I get it totally. Um, Obviously, because if you're getting it, of course you're going to watch the main event. There's a reason why it's the main event. You know, it's it's the last match. You're paying for it. You're going to stay up for it. You're going to. They're going to make it worth your while, 100 percent every time. But to me, I just feel like Cena again, and it's not maybe maybe it's me because I didn't necessarily watch during his whole 
title reigns, so I honestly don't even remember them. But I just wonder, and this has nothing to do with Cena, but like, is there a reason why they tied? Are they just not wanting anyone to break Flair's record? Is it a well, respect it, thing, or what's what's yeah, like the issue there? Why won't they put? That. Why won't they put like a Stone Cold or a Triple H or a Rock or Cena? Why won't they just put them over that number and have him be number one? Then well, are they Stone afraid Cold. to put someone higher? Well, Stone Cold and Rock have only won like four or five or like nine times. They're not even close to the record. So yeah, they. I remember Rock. Yeah, Rock was notorious for always being there and favorite and cheering and he never won his matches just like the hardy boys i go I, back to the hardy boys because they're my favorite but just like them they never won yeah i do think it is the respect thing i'm not saying cena won't ever break it but triple h for like the longest time has been at like 14 and 15 and we know triple h's respect for flair obviously with evolution and then randy orton's another guy who i think got to like 12 or 13 and then he's just like never won one like nobody wants to break it it was years ago Undertaker had actually been like offering people to break his streak, but the guy what? straight that, up. That's just, they, they were that straight up my mind too. That's a whole other tangent to go on. I just, they, I can't they believe straight that up, you know, the young guys didn't do it. They didn't want to do it. Edge, Randy Orton, CM Punk. These guys didn't want to do it because they grew up on the streak and knew how much oh, it meant. Oh. Now, Brock Lesnar could give two craps about anything. So, of course, he's going <laughs> to. Yeah. You know, so that's going to go. And I believe. I'm sure Lesnar stood up and like, fuck it, I'll do it. <laughs> like, oh, shit. Oh, apparently, Lesnar and Taker are pretty close despite their on-screen rivalry. But I believe there's a story back that's, um, it was 2006. Undertaker was fighting Mark Henry at WrestleMania 22. I don't know if anyone remembers this, but it was in a that's casket easy. match. And there's that's even a story. Win that Vince and uh, Vince and Taker had actually, like, talked about letting Mark Henry break the streak. Oh, come on! Fucking sexual chocolate! And the the point was... Well, the point was, basically, was Mark Henry and Taker, they're close, they're veterans, they've been together since the 90s, and they felt that after 10 years, it was his time to kind of go on a big run, and then eventually it was just decided, no... Let's have Undertaker win, and we'll get back to Mark Henry. And they did. He ended up becoming a monster heel and being huge for SmackDown and got a world title run, and now he's in the Hall of Fame. So, Mark Henry's in the Hall of Fame? Yeah. So then the thing about it was, you know, I think a lot of times it just means more to fans than the actual guys. I mean, here's Taker offering up, you know, the prize streak. And then, you know, same with the titles. These guys respect Flair so much, they don't want to break it. But I think it's the fans are going to be like, if Cena breaks it, oh, my gosh, Cena broke the ultimate record of 16 world title reigns. And it's I, just business. I get that. It's just I another get that. I, I get that in the point of you see it in today's sports even. you know. Yeah, the rivalries. Rivalries also. Yeah. LeBron joins this time. I mean, no knock on Michael Jordan, but you're like, oh, Michael Jordan Bulls won all the titles. You're like, oh, he played on the Wizards. He came back. Yeah. And also, you know, you see them shaking hands after the games. Fans get all yeah. wrapped up into it. And to these guys, you know, it's not necessarily just right. the paycheck because obviously they care, but, you know, it's just part of the game too. They care, but to them, I think it is a bit – that's a really good point because they're able to differentiate and be like, you know, this isn't literally my life. Like, Undertaker's like, you know, shoot, I, I just lost at WrestleMania. Now what am I going to do with my life? Okay, I still have my millions. I still have – whatever health I may have, like, okay, I'm buddies with this guy. Like, you know, if it's like me and you and Matt and wrestle, like, oh, you win. I'm not going to go home and be like, 
sit at work and be like, oh, I think Justin beat me in a match. Like, <laughs> well, the whole part, yeah, I don't too care. Is, like, uh, go ahead, win. Whatever happens, happens. Like, yeah, it's like Undertaker's move off the top rope he does. It's old school. And old school says you do eventually lose to the younger guy on your way out. So Undertaker obviously would get that part. But I'm just going to say real quick that I, I, am I right to say that we each have given three so far? No, I didn't give mine. Matt? Okay, go ahead. What are you at? Oh, my, yeah, my my third one was The Rock. And yep. Justin okay. was the Cena. Oh, yeah, because Stone Cold, Hogan, <laughs> you said Rock. Justin said, <laughs> the Justin said Mark Henry. Justin said Cena. So my, my number three, Triple H. Okay. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> and I know a lot of people are going to hate on it, and I just don't get it. Um, number one, I feel he's extremely underrated. He's right up there with title wins. I don't know the exact number, but he's got to be there with Flair. Is he not tied with him? He's got to be up there. I think I said he's like 14 or 15, and then he stopped. I think I, I, think I heard right. he was at 14. I think I heard 14, some clip, or when, whenever maybe we were talking, I thought I heard 14 for him. Um, But, again, this is a guy that Stone Cold – yeah, his peak was amazing. It's awesome. Take away a few years. Oh, The Rock. Okay, peak for a few years. Hollywood. Oh, you know, Stone Cold always hurt. Oh, which no knock on them. Like, fine, that's great. But Triple H, they're through it all. How many times did he carry when Stone Cold was injured? And and you're like, oh, The Rock then stepped in his place. But The Rock wasn't winning. Triple H was beating Mick Foley. Triple H was beating Cactus Jack and Mankind, whatever you were calling him back then. All of a sudden, then he he started beating The Rock all those pay-per-views in a row. He always opened every show. We'd make fun of him and say, oh, he, he's always cutting a promo. He was half the show. Well, he was the damn show. You know, he was the damn game. He, he carried them. Every pay-per-view, every single show, he had to deliver. He was always there. The the guy that played the heel perfectly, in my mind, better than anyone. And that's something I feel, again, underrated. The Cerebral who's Assassin, step up? yeah. Cerebral Assassin. Who's going who's gonna to do that and step in and be like, I'm willing to be the heel. I'm going to carry it. it. And, again, not only be the heel, but, again, to the point of, like, carrying the show. Yeah, and you do have to perform at a level, right, in order to make it believable. Like, you know, you know, Stone Cold and, Rock, you're going yeah, up against and these I, guys. And Triple like, H was a guy. Yeah. Triple H was a guy I loved. I also bought, you know, his shirts and gear. And I remember kids would come up to me and be like, "You like Triple H? Like, oh, why did you buy that?" And I'm like, "Are you kidding me? Like, the guy's fucking awesome. Like, the guy carries the shows." Oh man, I love um, that. I love that. The leather still jacket have with them, the jean again, jacket cut off over it. Yeah, what's up? I had <laughs> the that jean for, jacket, and the leather thing. One, yeah. Granted, I I had oh, the man. pipe cleaners, the super skinny arms. I was never muscular. Still, I'm not. But you know, we all loved it. I mean, I feel like he, the longevity was there when the others peak. It's almost like the you know like the mountains. If you're looking at a, on a graph. Stone Cold be like, oh, there's the the great big peak, and then Triple H is just that constant slant up, and carrying and carrying and carrying, and he's still. Then he ends up marrying Stephanie. Now he's you know actually in the business and running things, and he's still going out and performing at WrestleMania. He's still doing it. Like I said last year, watched WrestleMania first time in how many years? If it wasn't for um, Charlotte Flair and uh, I know I'm gonna put her name, sorry, Asuka, Uska, Asuka. 
Asuka, their match being up there, it would have been the Angle, Rousey, Stephanie, and Triple H match. Yeah, I I I like all the points. That I just think he never H, gets the know, credit. I think he never gets the credit he's doing for a guy that's been extremely loyal to the company for twenty years at least. Like he definitely deserves credit. Where Rock would have sold out in a second, would have left for Hollywood, which he did. Um, not to say he didn't love the business, but I feel like Triple H is like he's bled the wrestling business. He's and to me, like yeah, he's had a couple movie roles, but. Other than that, it's just he's he's withstood the test of time still, and the fact that he, if he still wrestles and is in a match, like okay, I'll watch it. Fair point. Yeah. yeah, I think I think Triple H, you know, he could probably be interchangeable with with my pick of the Rock. You know, all the points you make, I I could definitely see him being on there. And to add on to what you're saying too, where now he's on the creative side of things as well. You know, and and Justin, I mean, you just know how much the company is making, and so on. And as far as stock worth like that, you know, I'm, I'm sure he has to get some credit for that to to some extent. I don't know, maybe not. Right. I would just say uh, real quick that he, you know, he had tried to go out in movies. If we remember Blade Three, so he actually did. Blade Three is what I thought of. Yep. He did actually try, and there were a few other ones, but you know, they didn't make it big. So we don't know if a producer called him and said, "We'll give you 15 million." Well. Let's see. Save your body. Let you know. Let's put him in that spot. He's it's easy a, to. He's don't in a movie it. with Kevin Hart next year. <laughs> right. Exactly. So you know, it's easy to say. Well, he wouldn't give it up. Well, he never had the chance to. So I think the other part is about, like you said, the stock and everything. I would add more. Um, he's basically the run at one running NXT, and I don't know when. Whenever Vince, re- well, he's never going to retire. But when he eventually does slowly hand over the reins, he will run WWE. Him and Stephanie. Sure. And, you know, you talk about loyalty. Well, I mean, he's, he's married into the business. He, I don't want to say he doesn't have a choice, but, you know, he's in the business. That, that's the choice he made. So, yeah, NXT but so, so than- I mean, Shane McMahon's in the business, too. And we've seen Triple H. I think Triple H is far more loyal than Shane McMahon. Oh, absolutely. But it's different situation. Shane needed to get the heck out of his dad's shadow. And he basically, I mean, it's a, kind of a joke, but he went across the country, or co- not country, he went across the world. He went around the globe. He went to uh, China to start up his own thing. That's how far he wanted to get the heck out of his dad's shadow. Okay, and didn't know that. Yeah, it, it, you know, it didn't go so well. It started good as more of like a pay-per-view TV business to kind of launch in China. But him and Linda, technically, well, not anymore. Shane came back, but him and Linda, actually, for years, I don't know if people knew, weren't actually a part of the company. They were just kind of married to it, so everyone just kind of assumed. And now Linda McMahon is on Donald Trump's cabinet in the White House, so clearly good friends there. <laughs> and <laughs> to add to that... Linda slap Stephanie! <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's That was used against her in uh, some oh, other political ads. So oh, I would sure. say... Um, I think the problem, not necessarily the problem, but where the debate came was last week, you had said Triple H was bigger than Stone Cold. Not that he didn't deserve to be on the Mount Rushmore, just that you would put him over Stone Cold. Okay, well, <laughs> I, do use hyper, I do use hyperbole here a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> booze. I do, but, but my point stands in that Stone Cold had the highest peak, I feel like here's our list. Here's where we're going to always debate is going to be that that triple, no pun intended, that triple, um, tri- the triple uh, wrestlers of Stone Cold, Triple H, and The Rock. Stone yeah. Cold, yes, I'll put him number one. 
because his peak was that much better and the rock could never defeat that. And then the rocks may have been the top level of popularity higher than triple H, but triple H is longevity. Yeah. He, he was always there. He, he was, you know, he never went away. He was always a top guy. If you randomly threw him in a title match, was there ever a doubt like, Oh, he can win this. He might win this. He could carry the company for the next six months. But the Rock towards the end, you're like, oh, okay, maybe he's going to take off or whatever. Right. And you're like, I don't know. It's just. Well, the counterpoint is pretty easy. I mean, saying longevity, well, Vince, or not Vince, Undertaker had been there 29 years, way more than Triple H. And yeah, Undertaker's been on top more. But so. the Undertaker just never got that push, though. Well, I would argue 21 and 0 at WrestleMania and title one. When it came to WrestleMania, yeah. So the other part, of course, but the other part is um, Ric Flair again, longevity. If we're talking that, he's clearly, and then it's but, kind of. But an, again, they were. He wasn't like put in title matches though. Triple see, H has always been in title matches. He's always been given mic time. You're you're not gonna give Triple H like the undercard like that. That's not happening. Well, again, is Ric Flair in the undercard? No, and also title wins. Ric Flair has the record, so to say, he wasn't. In I title. know the record, but but when's the last time? When's the last time Ric Flair actually held a title? Well, he's like eighty years old and retired. So again, hey, what? What? When's the last time Ric Flair, Ric Flair held a title? All right. So is that our number threes then? Yeah. Were we five years old? <laughs> One of the. One of the things for Justin hit it with the I think Triple H is the fourteen champions because it's nine reigns is WWF WWE champion and five is WWE's World Heavyweight Champion. Yeah, and I mean it. This is where don't it forget gets... don't forget Degeneration X. I mean yeah. I didn't even touch on that. But... Right. Yeah. That's, you and... know what? And Noah, to be fair, that's a really good point. And he's had he's held the total of twenty five championships. And then right, nine, like nine reigns. Intercontinental so, even. Right. Right and tag, tag team, team, I'm sure. DX evolution, yeah. evolution was a great, great stable while it lasted, but not too long. But evolution was great. Helped Batista's career. Without that, Batista doesn't get his push. See, Orton, I, Orton, I feel like definitely would have got his eventually. But and I feel that like definitely helped them. That kept Ric Flair relevant and longevity too. You're you're recreating yourself in, in you know so many words through through how many eras, right? So through. Through attitude and coming through, you know, for more of the the cleaner side of things, you know. Yeah, I just feel like in every era, it's 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 a it's one to argue, but yeah, it's in every era. I feel like Triple H was there, and Triple H again, he was the one I debated with between The Rock, but I just felt like he did a little bit more in the longevity, and I just. To me, I just can't picture Triple H not being on it, and I know no one's going to put him on there, and maybe that's why I'm putting him on there, but extremely underrated guy and yeah there's a lot we probably don't even know about behind the scenes but i feel like he bleeds wrestling and it's like how do you not reward the guy for that i will say real quick you know it's hard to it's just a slippery slope of longevity i mean you could count the title reigns but Bruno Sammartino only had a couple, but one was eight years long. So does that do he think it's punished now? Because well, was- I mean, wouldn't you wrestle two guys? I mean, well, no. To to what you're saying with longevity, I think it's that's just at the top of it is saying longevity. But what the longevity is, um, what I see when I think of the longevity for Triple H is the creative side of things, like withstanding right. all that, like. That side yeah. of longevity and like, true, he you know, he was always inventing some himself and to stay at the top. And I'll say real quick that 
Um, we'll touch on that point a little later, hint, hint. But last year, Jeff Jarrett was inducted into their Hall of Fame. And to it WWE's? Yeah. And it wasn't... Okay. And it wasn't necessarily for his on-screen stuff, because let's be real, he was just an intercontinental-type, middle-of-the-road guy, but it was for everything he did behind the scenes that he was being rewarded with, his longevity and on and off the screen. Yeah, that's interesting. I always liked liked Jeff Jarrett. Was he ever involved in the writing process? Just a quick question, then we can go on. Well, WCW, the inmates ran the asylum, but I will add that there has been some talk that he is actually back in the inner circle and working with the team and actually, yes, writing some of the show. Jeff Jarrett is definitely one I would I would let, you know, write and based he, on what I've known before and everything. I, yeah. I've always been a Jeff Jarrett fan. He grew up in the business, his dad and whole family. Yeah, so he, he's he a guy that's a lifer and another longevity guy that definitely, if you're going to rank IC titles, I mean, Jeff Jarrett's got to be at least top two or three. Yeah, I'm not going to argue Triple H. Again, I will get to that. But I will just add, I think the main point was, again, your comment that he deserves it over Stone Cold. I'm just going to real quick add in that I did a Twitter poll on that, and 86% voted Stone Cold, 14 Triple H. I actually expect about 90 to 95% Stone Cold. But, again, the point is pretty clear there. Heal by Nature commented, LOL, is this even a question? Richard said, bigger stars, Austin, but Triple H has done so much more for the industry. We won't know what we had till it's gone. So I like the way he worded that. That's really big, great a point. big key, the way he worded Right, that. and I feel and the same always. When you're talking small a fan, Yeah, it's strictly a fan where you're just watching and that's it. You turn it off, you have nothing to do with it. Yeah, you're going to take Stone Cold every time, but – as someone who's you know been more interested in the behind the scenes, who's read the books, who likes to hear the inside information, and you know get to know of a guy's life, like to me, I just I put Triple H in there. So right, and then uh, just one last quick comment. Um, Lanny says, "Are you five years old?" Horrible poll. So there you go. So uh, <laughs> welcome to the internet. I should have said, like, "What are you thirteen? Go back to Call of Duty, kid." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh boy, I'm not saying that. But Matthew, have anything to add, real quick? No, no. All right. Well, I'm just going to add in a quick plug here that you are listening to the 411 Foresight Wrestling Podcast on the 411 Podcast Network. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google Play. Tune in YouTube, rate, review, and please give us those good subscribing things on YouTube. You know all that stuff. You don't need me to explain it. So I believe we each have one left. Is that correct? We do. Okay. So I thought it would be you know, kind of interesting to quick go through a couple of my honorable mentions and maybe, you know, maybe they're on your list, but... Um, First up, what do you guys think? Uh, I think close calls here, but Mick Foley. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. He's okay. Not, too. not on mine. Not 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 on an honorable mention. Okay, I'll just add in that you know, just for me personally, I was a fan, and then in uh, our mm-hmm. NRW matches, that's the reason I had more personalities and gimmicks is because I always loved Mick Foley's three faces of Foley. I thought that was really cool, and and you know talking about too creativity and reinventing yourself too, and and the stuff he did over um, in Japan as well too, or like a lot of the extreme or ECW things like that, like just that hardcore side of him too. Yeah, the death matches, and you know I talked about it last week, but you know it wasn't Stone Cold and Vince and everyone else; it was Foley that turned the tide in the Monday Night Wars and pretty much changed the business forever because people so badly wanted him to reach the top of the mountain and win the title. So I'll also add real quick, 
it was cool when he was all three faces of Foley in the Royal Rumble, three different spots. That, that That is cool, and I still remember us playing the video game, No Mercy. One of our favorite things to do is to create Royal Rumble and have, you know, each of us look away and choose guys and, you know, surprise each other throughout it. And we knew Foley was in there with every single guy, every single persona. Um, <laughs> and I think there's no one that could probably argue – who physically gave his body up for the company. Yeah. I mean, and, and also, I mean, it's every man's dream. You, you go to work in your sweatpants. Like, <laughs> hey, you, you don't have to be in shape. You don't have to do anything. Just take a bump and show up. <laughs> we can well, throw you off the cage. Just show up tomorrow on Raw. All right. It was a little bit more than that. A little bit more than that. And actually, I, the top obviously, of the- yeah, a little more than that. But basically... <laughs> And the top of the cell was actually, well, it wasn't his idea. It was Terry Funk's idea to Mick Foley, not the company's. And they pretty much banned him from doing it till the day of the show. He convinced them. <laughs> they convinced them. And then Vince pretty much said, you're never doing anything like that again. <laughs> I mean, who else wouldn't like to pull his jizz rag out and uh, use it as a finisher? <laughs> all right. All right. So next on my honorable mentions, we kind of touched on It's a little before our time. But, you know, Breaking the record of Madison Square Garden sellouts, eight years as champion. Then he had another three-year reign. Bruno San Martino, he was on some Twitter lists. And again, it may be just a different generation, but it's not even close. He was the top guy. I knew you were going to say him. That was the guy I actually was thinking you were going to say. No. Um, so I knew you would say an old school guy and him. Um, it was him or another guy I was actually going to Oh, as an honorable mention. I won't say him now or anything like that, but... Um, I guess, yeah, I don't really have much to say about that one, but I just, I knew you were going to say him or someone else. So it's just giving credit where it's due and you have to, you know, play homage to the guys that laid the groundwork and played it forward. And whether right. it's against three guys or five guys or eight guys or 10 guys, I mean, they still did it. They wouldn't give it to him without a reason. Yeah, and we talk about Hogan setting it all in motion. Well, you know, Bruno was before him. So next on my honorable mentions was, oh, yeah, the macho man Randy said. <laughs> I like it. Macho man was on mine, too. Um, I used to have his wrestling doll, wrestling figure, whatever you want to call it, um, so much that the underwear actually wore off on the back of him. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. It's a weird, weird thing to say. I know I get it, but. Yeah, Macho Man, definitely. I mean, he was into the Slim Jim and the commercials people remember him most from, but the, the storylines even with him. Storylines, I think that's where it started, where you actually cared. And it wasn't just, you know, a guy's gimmick and he wrestled. Like, yeah, the whole Elizabeth story, and it actually was heartfelt, and it was a legitimate thing. And then also with him and Hogan and also Warrior later, like... I will I add... um. Kind of, he's kind of similar to Roddy Piper in my book, where you know he's clearly you know close, but you know it was the Hogan era. And I'll quick add that something that may have hurt him. Um, everybody that went to WCW could name Hall, Nash, Hogan. I mean Flair. I mean I could name pretty much everybody. They all eventually came back. They mended the fences. Even Bruno Sammartino, who swore up and down. I mean Sable filed a forty million dollar lawsuit against the company. Two years later, she was back. I mean, obviously, Owen Hart died. Bret Hart swore against the company forever. Yeah. He eventually came back. Randy Savage never came back. And that and that's a shame because um, growing up as a kid, I, I know we didn't watch regular Justin or anything, but randomly when we'd watch or see something, uh, Macho Man was the one that kind of stuck out to me. So 
He's yeah. the one that I, I would like remember, like, oh yeah, I remember him, or oh okay, I, I you know, like I said, I used to have the action figure, the doll of him, and it's like, oh, I remember those those like um, not 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 like pillow pets, but they were the yeah, I know what you mean. Do you remember those like yeah, the pillow sure, guys? For sure. Them? Yeah, yeah. And I remember the Macho Man one of him too. So, all right, Matt, do you have anything to add on Savage? No, I thought uh, I thought Savage is a good one. One that I had was Andre the Giant. Okay. That's 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 the one that's the one I thought Justin was gonna list. Okay, I'll say that, you know, similar size and stuff, but you know, I don't think he's gonna be on anyone's list, but I will quick add in Big Show. I also have Bret Hart written down. I have probably who I think is the greatest, and someone I think two people had him on Twitter, but Shawn Michaels. See yeah, he's on mine on my honorable mentions at least. Okay, and then I have written down Roman Reigns, but I do not believe anybody from this no. era is quite there. Again, in 10, 20 years, we can talk about it, but I think Cena is so much at the tail end of his career that we can talk about him. But today's era, guys, I don't, you know, you know, we'll find out in years. Yeah, a lot of a lot of the honorable mentions were kind of already listed. Um, the Rock, for sure, just because it was, again, it was him and Triple H back and forth, back and forth. Um Flair was an honorable mention, of course. You have to mention him. Like, like what guy doesn't look at Flair and says, like, you know, I want to be him. You know, men want to be him. Women want to be with him. To be the man, you have to beat the man. Woo! Right. Mm-hmm. I, mean, every, I mean, the guy, I mean, okay, is he 70? He's got to be 70. <laughs> <laughs> and he, I mean, he was almost near death. And it's like hearing that, you're like, it brings a tear to your eye. Like, no, not Flair. Like, He's the guy you're like, you're like, oh, he's going to outlive me. He's still going to be with women. He's still going to be wheeling, dealing, taking bumps. Like, yeah. Well, he's the guy you, you think like you just never dies, you know? He's, he was just on Raw a few weeks ago. And it was part of his big birthday celebration in Atlanta, which was the home base of WCW. So it was mm-hmm. kind of cool there, a little history. But, you know, Triple H was out there talking him up, saying how great he was, blah, 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 him turning 70 and how amazing he is and all this 70. stuff. And then he goes, and let's bring the man out. And then there was a pause and everyone was standing there. All the legends had returned for this one night. They had, you know, the cake and the balloons and everything. And all of a sudden there was nothing. And then the music played. And then Triple H and everyone started looking around. Shawn Michaels, Stephanie, all the legends are all kind of. And then they're like, okay. And then they go to the big screen and who makes his return after five years? Batista, and he's in back dragging Ric Flair by his neck. <laughs> what? <laughs> yep, that's how he came back. And then he looked at Triple H and said, do I have your attention now? And then the show ended, and that's leading us oh, to Batista man, Triple H. They're going to wrestle. They have to. Yeah, they are. So it was a big when? thing. And <laughs> WrestleMania. All right, we're getting it right here, right oh. now. We're getting it. We're going to get together. We're watching it. Oh, I've talked about this a few times, but, you know, Batista wanted to come back for one last match with Triple H, and that was the story that started. I think it was a month, month and a half ago. So I think Batista is going to go out, especially because now they've added in Batista wants Triple H's career on the line. So that pretty much forecasts intent that Triple H is probably going to win. And, you know, obviously not retire. And then Batista can go out losing, which is what most people do. You lose your last match. That's kind of how it works. And then Batista can get his final wish. So I I did have Batista written down as honorable mention. I had Kane. I had Undertaker. I had Kane and Undertaker. Yeah, I had Undertaker, too. 
We have we already talked about them a little bit, but I have Ric Flair. I have The Rock, so we've obviously talked about them. Who else do you guys got for honorable mentions? I had Sting. Okay, I was that's trying, an interesting. I was trying to stretch and think of more like a WCW guy, you know. And I feel like yeah. he, he reinvented himself too, and that's kind of why I, why I wanted to give him a nod. Oh, absolutely! If you're talking yeah. WCW, it's it's Sting. Yeah. So you didn't really? I'm yes. surprised by that. No, you it's Sting. Not Gilbert. <laughs> you mean Goldberg? No. <laughs> I mean Gilbert, the gobbledygooker. Okay, anyway. No, but no, seriously, um Sting over over Goldberg? I yeah, I love Sting Goldberg. Late eighties. I'm, sho- I'm just, shocked that Matt I, said Sting over Goldberg. I just can't put Goldberg on a Mount Rushmore because I tried to go with like innovation or you know, uh, something Something, but you, to I me, Sting was always hurt and never there. Granted, I never watched WCW as much as WWE, but it seems everyone was always talking about Sting, and he never, I never saw him wrestle. I literally never saw a match with Sting. Yeah, I mean, it, I never saw a match with Sting. I'll be honest. It's as tough. Much as, it's tough, and like, I, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't really. He always, and then he always had a bat with him. Like, <laughs> yeah, it reminds me of my dad when that one night he said, "All right, Noah, let's fight. No weapons." As he's rolling up a newspaper, like, <laughs> yeah. "Okay, no weapons." <laughs> and I said, "I'll chin music, you." And he goes, "What'd you say to me?" <laughs> <laughs> Would you say? I'll say that uh, things bad. <laughs> yeah. it, things bad. You could make a comparison to Triple H's sledgehammer, huh? No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways, if we're talking WCW. It's clearly Sting. He was there late 80s through the 90s, and the final match of WCW Nitro was Sting okay, winning. Goldberg yeah, had a two-year run, and yeah. let's be honest, you know. So And that's, that's what it, makes it's me. It's not I even close. Goldberg, don't get it twisted, but, like, you yeah. know, it, it was the length of it, and it, it, yeah. They called him the franchise for a reason. It wasn't even close. Sting is WCW and has been. Goldberg had a two-year run. I yeah. never I never saw him wrestle. Well, <laughs> He was well, always on a promo and always on, a, on the video games and shows. And I just he, he just was never there. It's like DDP. The only time I ever saw him was a diamond cutter. Well, the or same throwing you, David Arquette off a cage. Like the, <laughs> that never <laughs> happened. But the same argument goes to Stone Cold. He actually had three years where he had a neck injury. And think of all the Stone Cold highlights: the Zamboni, the beer bash, the stunners. Those weren't matches because he couldn't right. wrestle. Yeah, I remember no, he was true. Majority of our time he was hurt and would come back randomly or chair shots, stunners and Exactly. And he was hurt. So the storyline with Sting was similar, what everyone knows him for, but it led up to him versus Hogan, again, Hogan, and it was the biggest buy rate in WCW history. So him and who, was it? Okay, I didn't know that. Um so who again, not even close. Who won that match? Sting won it. So any what? other uh I guess. <laughs> oh boy! Mine is blown here tonight. <laughs> yeah. So any other uh, honorable mentions? I got uh, two more, and then I have my number four. I say, I say, go for it. Lay it on us, all in a row. I'm gonna, right. Actually, no. Actually, actually, honorable mention. We kind of listed them all. I had Cena, Undertaker, Flair, Rock, Macho Man, Andre Giant, um, Sable. No. <laughs> yeah, I'll, give, really? I'll give you props for for throwing a. Oh yeah. No sable, no. I, I, okay. no. You're gonna get bad for that one. <laughs> All right. Just a heads up. She had two years and then left. And like I said, forty million dollar lawsuit in the history of the business. Well, well. How years. many other people had lawsuits and how many other women wrestled? No other woman wrestled. 
Uh, well, Fabulous, okay, Fabulous May Young and Moolah and all them. That, that doesn't count. Okay, well, I'm not even going to count that. I'm going to put up a Twitter poll and let the 99% speak for itself. But I'm going to say um, I have two honorable mentions. I will say if we talk about behind the scenes, how do you not include Vince McMahon? Yeah. Yep. Vince McMahon, clear honorable mention. But here's why I do not have him on my Mount Rushmore, even though, I mean, you probably should put him on there. The reason I'm not putting him on is, to me, he's not on the Mount Rushmore. He's the one sculpting it. Ooh, that was poetic. Yes, thank that, you. I like that. <laughs> That's good. It took him all week to dis- to decide that. Actually, I wrote that a few times, so I've stolen it from myself. But I will say, obviously, <laughs> Vince McMahon, again, we're talking longevity. Well, he's the one who's been doing it all for 40 years. So, you know, not Triple H, not Stone Cold Hogan. It's been Vince the whole time. Yeah. So, again, if we're talking that way. So I don't know if you guys have him as your fourth, but here's my little teaser that I said I have a little surprise for everyone. And here is my last honorable mention that just barely missed the cut. None other than Triple H. Oh, okay. yes. Hold on. So, talk more. Talk Hold more. On. Why did he not make the cut and why is he an honorable mention? Well, here's the deal. The problem with last week was saying he deserved it over Stone Cold, which he clearly doesn't. But that's not to say he doesn't deserve being on. And it's similar to the Jeff Jarrett situation where, you know, we talk about all the title wins and all the great matches and manias and all that stuff. But, you know, he's only I don't even know how old, but he may in 20 years be more remembered for being a Vince McMahon than an in-ring performer. Which might be true. Triple H is 49. Okay, there you go. He's got another 20, 30 years. Yeah. So the guy looks like he's. Younger than me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the part with uh, Triple H, and I mentioned it, was he's running NXT right now. This is pretty much a, I guess, test run. And I don't know if you have seen the reviews or the shows or anything, but NXT knocks Raw and SmackDown and pay-per-views out of the water every single time, and it's not even close. And Triple H is in charge of that. So if that's a sign of things to come, I mean, it's going to be amazing because what he's done with NXT – And this is going to be a little bit of a tangent, but it was just announced this week that, as I've been mentioning for months, it was finally confirmed Monday, the women will indeed main event WrestleMania this year. And as I said last time, Matt, I told you this a year ago in our podcast, it was going to happen. And it is going to happen. And the one spearheading all this women is Triple H. And I can tell you, well, I don't want to do the sources gimmick, but... I can tell you it was after his three daughters were born. And what is he going to think of his girls looking up to women in mud matches and brawn panties or strong, powerful athletes, hence Ronda Rousey, Becky Lynn, Charlotte in the main event of WrestleMania. And they were just on ESPN sports center and leading the charge in what I'm guessing is about 80,000 at MetLife stadium. And I'm also going to guess a new record breaking WrestleMania in terms of numbers with them as the main event. Yeah. So what is his daughter's going to look up to more? So that is my story on Triple H. Any thoughts on him being my surprise honorable mention? That That is a surprise honorable mention. Um, again, I've touched on why he would be on my Mount Rushmore. But more so, you really think his back, um, you know, backstage, off-the-screen stuff tallies more so than his wrestling? I think it will eventually. Right now, he's you know he's pretty much running the company with Stephanie, 
but you know, it's still Vince McMahon technically, if you want to get, you know, no, whatever, but I, you know, in 20 years, I mean, let's be real. Vince is however old. So let's be real. And in 20 years, yes, triple H may be remembered more for that. I think Vince is like, I think Vince is 73. I could be wrong. Yeah. It's like arguing that in 2001, it's like saying, you know, The Rock will be remembered more for movies than wrestling. You'd laugh and be like, what? What are you talking no. about? Two Rock, movies. Rock 100% is more so movies than wrestling. Well, right. That's what I mean. So now 20 years later, yes, he is. So at the time, that, no. And I feel like that's a big shame, though. And that's why I have Triple H on my Mount Rushmore. Well, right. And not, and, to, not to take away, again, everything you mentioned, which I get. Like, if there's anyone to take over Vince, you're like, oh, you line up Shane, you line up Triple H. Triple H is going to be the one to carry it. Well, and right. I, and I agree with that. But, like, again, that's why he's on my Mount Rushmore is because no one's going to remember what he did for wrestling. No one's going to remember his matches, what he carried through. And especially when you're like, oh, man, oh, Foley, he, he took this match against Triple H and blah, 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 that. Like, Triple H was in the match, too. He took the tax. He took he took the falls, too, in Hell in a Cell. He, t- he took all the cage matches, like – Right, and it was. It's already been decided that he Triple paid H his dues. Stephanie. He literally paid his dues. Well, right. It, it's going to Stephanie and Triple H. That's kind of one of the reasons Shane also left, is he pretty much saw the writing on the wall. So it is going to Triple H and Stephanie. That's you know already been decided, and it's already been set in motion. So I have Triple H as my final honorable mention. Um, anybody want to start with their final four, or should I go? I think um, you can go. Yeah, I think you should go. All right. Honestly, I don't have a whole lot to add because this person could be, you know, you could put Rock, Flair, Undertaker even. I feel we kind of overlooked him a little bit, but you could also yeah. put Triple H. I'm not going to argue any of those, but Noah was right. I do have Andre the Giant. Oh, my goodness. Oh, wow. So it was almost – it was going to be wow. him, okay. Bruno, <laughs> Rock. You know, See, Rock, I, I was right. I thought you, you kind of tricked me there with the Bruno talk and then no honorable mention. So I, yeah, I okay. I had Bruno because, again, without him, there's no Hogan before that. And it's like saying people like, oh, Babe Ruth is the greatest. Well, you know, most people are going to mention someone from this era or the last era like Barry Bonds. But, you know, it's just before the time. So I think it's just basically everything Hogan and Stone Cold and everything – you can just go right back. And big thing for me was, yes, Andre did movies and stuff, but I'm talking, this is the wrestling Mount Rushmore. So we all love The Rock, but like I said, he's more of the Hollywood Mount Rushmore. So Andre was wrestling. He lived and breathed it. And you mentioned Andre the Giant. You're not going to think of anything else. You're going to talk about him seven foot whatever standing over everybody else. So I I'm honestly don't have a lot to say. Like 100 beers a night. Right. So it is, he's just that much of a legend where the stories and myths about him grow and grow by the day. I'll add him, but to be fair, I could change it up. And if anyone wants to argue with me, I'm not really going to put up too much of a fight. I can't, I can't argue under the giant. But you're number four. My number four is going to be Vince McMahon. Nice. Nice. Because. Yeah. Nice. Because he, again, like you said, the creator, the sculptor, it it literally does not exist without his dad. It does not exist without Vince. He's the mastermind behind everything. Yeah, he's been taken to court. Yeah, there's been rumors, but... He beat it. 
I mean, he beat it. Like he he stood the test of time. And a, a thing that really sticks out to me. I mean, I mean, I feel like we could literally go on and on with Vince stories here, and we might. But one that sticks out to me was reading Mankind's book, where he was like, I could think of a an idea at two a.m. Vince McMahon could be making love to his wife. I could call him with an idea, and Vince is going to pick up and listen to me and hear it all. Like right, that, yeah, that's, that's the dedication. That's a guy that lives and breathes um, the wrestling business and just the dedication. And to me, that I mean, to me, that sticks out because it kind of reminds me of more of what I do for a living um, in the funeral home business, where my owner, um, who is available 24 seven, whether it's 2 a.m., 3 a.m. I have a question. Something comes up that I may not know. And I call him and he instantly answers. He's there and it shocks me. And it's still to this day, like he's there and available. And like that to me is like someone you look up to. That's someone that shows dedication. And then Vince still goes and puts it, puts it on the line though. Like I know he used, he used to announce, he used to set the stage up for guys. And, you know, he understood that building up a character building up like oh my god this is the choke slam like oh there's that dangerous ddt like setting it up like okay this ddt is dangerous like oh the, the choke slam now, now that's a finisher to look out for and then all of a sudden he became involved in the storyline and then he understood that aspect of it so we talk about all the wrestlers that evolved vince like literally lived his whole life evolving and learning it and and advancing not just million dollar business billion dollar business and it's like how do you not look at the guy and just think like my god what a mind what what, what like someone who literally puts it on the line I, I mean he's had how many injuries going right. out there right he wasn't always the most graceful and sometimes you feel bad for it. it's like oh great the one time he gets in the ring all of a sudden he gets hurt and you're like man i wish i could have seen what happened with this storyline or that storyline or even with other wrestlers even but it's like he's always involved. He's at every show. I mean, okay, maybe not every show, but, like, he's there. He's on top of it. Like, he's just there for his guys. He's there for the wrestlers. Um, how many times, uh, besides going to court, but, like, rehab. Like, how many people that go through rehab even? It's just there's so many yeah. all off the storyline stuff that, like, he's there. He puts his own money on the line and it's just – I don't. I, I just can't think of any other owner that would do that. Especially in sports, they wouldn't. They cut guys, right. you know, baseball, basketball, football. Well, there's a rumor of something. Oh, cut, Vince. Fuck it. You'll put you through a program. I'll stick by you. I'll do it four times if it takes. Like yeah. I feel like he gets it. He understands it. But at the same time, he still gets business, and it's just so many different levels of him. I feel like again, as much as. Hogan was on top and Hogan synonymous with wrestling. Nothing exists without Vince McMahon. And he's a guy that, again, music hits all of a sudden, you know, the no chance in hell, like what we grew up on. It still was like, Oh my God, here comes Vince. Like, Oh, what's going to happen? Like you knew something big was going to happen. You knew you were going to be watching now for the next few months. You knew you were going to be glued to your TV and to me, I just I just can't picture wrestling without Hogan. But then on another level, like Vince, it could because it would not exist without him. I agree, Matt. Do you have anything to add? I have four things written down. I want to say. No, no, oh, geez. no. Yeah, Vince. Vince is my fourth, and I mean, I can already hear them like oh, there you go. chiseling that that 
that grin that he has right under the mountain. Yeah. You know? Hey, look Good at one. me. Kind of. You know, Good but, one. But uh, yeah, no, go, go for it, Justin. Bring us home. Oh, well, I'm just, you know, not entirely shocked, but I'm just actually a little impressed that, you know, those would be the uh, final force for you too. I'll just quick say that, you know, something that I think everybody wants as a boss is somebody that understands and has been in your shoes. They can relate to you. So falling off the cage, Vince actually did that. You know, he did yep, that himself. I, I remember, yeah. And the part with uh, Shawn Michaels, the WrestleMania 12 entrance, when he came down from the ceiling on the whole thing, Vince tried it out first in the day to show that it worked in the show Shawn Michaels how to do it. Wow. So wow. he wouldn't ask anybody else to do something he wouldn't do, which and that's, I think something we all want in a awesome. box. That's awesome. I did not know that about him, but, again, that adds more to it. And I'm not trying to get on a personal level here, but, again, that I feel like that's where, where I'm at in my life. And you see the owner do things, and they do it. They've told you stories. They show you. They do it. And you're like, wow, okay, that happens. But that that's a thing, like, an every man wants to see. It's easy to say, like, oh, go do this. Go do that. Like, okay, well, you do it. No, I'm not going to do that. Well, right, the yeah, like, well, why should I then? Like, yeah, the difference between <laughs> a boss and a leader, right? So he's going. Right, yeah, great, great, yeah. great point. Awesome point. I, yeah, oh, Vince thanks. is a leader. Vince is absolutely a leader. Um, um, the quick point. He says something. Up. You listen. You do it. Great point. I think on the rehab part, yes. Anybody who ever worked there, even if it's been five minutes, every single year in the beginning, a letter is sent out to every past and current superstar everybody that they get free rehab paid for them if they chose it and i believe a few guys have done it like 10 or 12 times but they keep doing it if they need it others have done it a few or once or whatever and obviously then afterwards came out and said you know huge thanks to the company blah 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 but yes every year in january everybody even if you were there for five minutes gets a letter from the company saying all expense paid rehab if you need it so i don't know how many other companies do that but they do it and i will yeah. Talking about the Hogan comparison, how, you know, it's him. Um, the story has always been that uh, Vince McMahon would be the quarterback. He would throw the ball and Hogan would run and catch it and they'd score a touchdown. All right. I, uh, again, to your Patriots point, um, Brady and Belichick, Vince and Hogan. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of synonymous, kind of synonymous in my mind. Like you, you can't have Hogan without Vince. You can't have Vince without Hogan. Yeah, do you yeah. have a Mount, do you have a Mount Rushmore without George Washington on it? You know. Yeah, and I was actually going to think of that point and totally forgot to write it down. But like you said, yeah, I was actually going to allude to the legitimate actual Mount Rushmore. Like, right. You know, George Washington is there. Like, why would he never not be there? So yeah. to me, it was it was kind of that same thinking along Vince. I think. Yeah. Um, go ahead. No, I was going to say, Matt. Do you have any other points? What were the, what were your Vince points? Because you also had them with me. No, just pretty much what you guys said. You guys nailed it, you know, from the creative aspect to purely running it, you know, as a business. It's something he's passionate about, but still a business and, you know, so it's a money machine. Yeah, it's it's awesome. You have to yeah. admire it to some extent. Yeah, the $7 billion company now it's grown to, and they've just signed with Fox, which starts in October for $2 billion. Yes, Fox. So, Matt, I'll quick say that I did send you a message on Hangouts. I don't know if you saw it. But to add to the Vince point, I'll say that everything that's happened in entertainment, he was always leading the charge. For instance, closed circuit. Well, guess who was doing that with WrestleMania before everyone else? Pay-per-view business exploded. Well, besides boxing, guess who else was doing that? Vince McMahon. 
the 90s, then came along cable TV. Well, guess who was leading the charge with Raw every single Monday night? I, I do remember looking um, in the papers because they used to show the papers, the top like 10 or something for cable. I remember being in Mrs. Milky's English class. She always had the newspaper available and I'd always check the the, the ratings and wrestling was always up there. I'm like, I remember that Raw. I remember watching that one. Yeah, oh, and I think that happened. And Josh would be like, how do you remember that? How do you know? I'm like, dude, it was like last week. It was two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. And then, I mean, if anything, it made me want to go back and be like, oh, man, that was great. I want to go back and watch it again. Oh, shit. And currently, I think they're on like six or seven weeks, you know, winning the night. But I'll also then add now what's the big thing these days is the streaming sites. Well, WWE Network was actually one of the first outside of Netflix and Hulu to start their own. Now you have CBS All Access and now you have all the different companies and channels are starting their own little thing. Well, the network was ahead of it. UFC is just getting to it now. But again, WWE Network pretty much took it away, and now they've evolved to the next step. And even adding on to the rehab part, I'll add, even before baseball and everybody else, WWE had their wellness policy, which is basically drug testing. So once again, they were ahead of the curve on all of this, and and that includes concussions, which nine years ago they banned chair shots to the head. You no longer see those and haven't since 2010. So, again, they were ahead of everything with the concussions, and that goes back to working with Chris Nowinski, who was a former superstar. He is the one leading the charge. Yeah. So all this talk in football and sports you hear about, it's from Chris, and obviously that started with WWE. So Vince, always ahead of the curve. I, I, I get that point, totally. I remember it. Do not try this at home. Chris Nowinski, tough enough. We did it. It happened. <laughs> um, WWE Network. The thing with me on that, just quickly, totally off tangent, is I feel like there's there's too much stuff. I want to go back and I'm like, I want to watch every Raw. I want to watch every SmackDown. Right. I understand that. And that's why there's something for everyone. The network's worth it even if you don't watch a single second of the product today and vice versa, even if you just watch the three-hour well, they're four hours now, four hour pay-per-view each month. It's still worth the nine ninety nine instead of paying sixty bucks. Yeah. So, the, so, do people a- so do people actually pay sixty a month to do that? No, because when the network started, basically not all, but most cable companies pretty much then, you know, stopped airing them because it was like, Well, you're bypassing us. And the point was, yes, you are, because for all those record breaking buy rates for the Hogan and Stone Cold era, cable companies got fifty percent of that. Because they were the oh man okay the network now big chunk the network is owned and run by them so it's pretty much a hundred percent goes to them not fifty percent so again they're ahead of the curve yeah not not again Vince not only the wrestling mind putting the body mind creativity mind but the business mind the the money making mind like you said pay per view I didn't know that the other companies previously got fifty percent that's a huge chunk right who who didn't think you look back and you're like why would you not think before then to do your own? I mean, to give up 50%, my God. I remember looking back growing up and it was like pay-per-view. It was either a wrestling event or it was a boxing event. Yeah. And now to think that the, you know, the company's got 50%, like, jeez. Yeah. Right. And that's why, you know, it's the whole cutting the cord now. People just don't want to be paying $200. Oh, for- yeah. I mean, of course not. So it's like, no, I want to pick what I want to watch. And if I just want WWE, well, I'm just going to pay nine 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 a month and watch the, you know, the network or the pay-per-views each month. And then and I get that. Cancel. It's and it's totally worth it. And I mean, even the Raws and SmackDowns, I mean, that's on a month delay because of the two billion dollar contracts with USA Network and Fox. So they right. can't air them there. They paid for exclusive content. 
But a month later, yeah, even those are added to the network. So you could still even be current, you know, just paying nine 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 a month. I mean, you might have to wait a little bit, but um, for someone got- like me, that might be might be the thing. Right. And I mean, it's still a free month, you know, if you take a free month to new subscribers and there are back ways of just having a new email, well, then you could just do another free trial. So there's all I'm not going to lie. I took my free month last year with Fastlane and WrestleMania. Right. So it's always continuing. It's no different than Netflix or Hulu, whatever they offer, you know, the first 30 days free or first week or whatever. But I'm going to go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say just on that, then after Fastlane and WrestleMania, I went back to the 2000 year because that was my favorite year ever of wrestling. And also I started watching every SmackDown Raw leading up. And it was like within a month, I'm like, I only went through like three weeks because yeah. there's just, just so much to watch. Oh, just so yeah. much to watch. Yeah. It just I'm like, and I'm like is, my God, yeah. I missed this. This was amazing. But again, it was like, it, there's so much material to watch in that time. And it's even, they have AWA. Imagine watching every single thing of that. They have all the WCW. They have every single ECW thing. They have overall the SmackDowns. They have the original programming. Obviously, like I said, they have today's product. They have, like, Ride Along, where they follow guys around on the road when they drive the city to city. That's always cool. And that's cool, but that's why they pay you the big bucks and not me to do this. So Right, so the shows keep going. I'm just going to quick say um, Hogan, Stone Cold, Rock, Vince. Is that correct, Matt? Yeah. Okay, how do you um, feel about your overall your Mount Rushmore? I like it. I, you know, as we go over these two, I, I, I feel I would feel more confident swapping out The Rock because, kind of like you said, for wrestling, you know, what would be like groundbreaking or what something you couldn't picture them without. You know, you couldn't picture right. without wrestling, but but no, I, I'll stick with it. Okay, Noah, you have Hogan, Stone Cold, Triple H, and Vince. How do you feel? I really, really like it. Just based almost again on Matt's point, because Stone Cold's peak beat rocks, but Triple H's I just I just can't take away. I just can't take away what he did and our honorable mentions are close. Yeah. But Triple H and then also again on Justin's point, oh, if you're gonna think twenty, thirty years from now, well just that fact. So you're literally putting a guy fifty, sixty years in the business. How how do you not name him? Right. So I, I feel he's going to get his unjust due and a very underrated. I, I can't leave Triple H out, and I also can't leave out Stone Cold, Hogan, and Vince. So, therefore, I'm, I'm standing by my list. Right. I do agree. Triple H, I think, in time, will probably get there. I have Hogan, Stone Cold, Cena, and Andre. Obviously, I wanted something from a previous generation and then something from today. I mean, ending at Stone Cold is pretty much like saying the last 20 years didn't matter, which it doesn't because it's bigger than ever worldwide. And I will quick add in a little plug here, 411 Foresight Wrestling Podcast you're listening to on the 411 Podcast Network, Apple, Spotify, Google Play, TuneIn, YouTube, and please, as always, rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. I have a little surprise topic I wanted to bring up. Here we go. It is not wrestling, so if you care to turn off right now, I do not mind. I totally (laughs) get it. And I will also tell you that there will be spoilers involved right here, so here's your spoiler alert. I want a quick little discussion on the movie Us in theaters right now. What did you guys think? No, you lead the way. I saw it. I was super hyped up for it. I absolutely love Get Out. Get Out was the best movie I saw that year. Um, Get Out was the number one movie of 2017. Black Panther 2018. Us, I was thinking the same thing. I just didn't feel it throughout. 
throughout I just kept almost like waiting for something to happen, waiting for a twist. And and I feel like maybe that's why we're spoiled in today's world. But also I look back as a kid and I'm like, oh, I was scared of a lot of movies. I was scared of It the Clown. I was scared of Children of the Corn, you know, The Shining. But for this, I was like, if I was a kid, I don't I, there's nothing I would be afraid of. I felt like it was almost a run of the mill scary movie. The twist, okay. I I didn't see coming. I won't say it, but I didn't see it coming. Um, but I just felt like it wasn't enough to kind of move the needle to me where I felt like I have to see it again and put it up there as a great horror movie or whatever thriller, whatever twist movie, like M night movie, you know, whatever you want to say. Um, I don't know if your movie offers a $5 Tuesday, like Marcus cinema does near where we live, but that's what I would put it at. If you paid full price, $15 food, soda, paying $30 for it. Not worth it. I I give it a uh, maybe a five out of ten. All right, Matt. I I'd give it like a I'd probably rate it a little bit better better maybe like a six or a week seven out of ten just for like it was good original enough like there weren't that many jump scares you know it wasn't like um tacky it can be really easy to just play like, a violin really loud and scare the shit out of somebody <laughs> like right. he's like but um I, yeah take. I, I like it that way. I don't think you needed to see it in the theater to get the full experience out of it. Um, not to take away from them or with them trying to make money, but I mean, like, I, I think it'd be, like this October when it's on Netflix, like, or by the time it comes out, you know, like it'd be a good movie. Make a bag of popcorn and check it out. But how, how about you? How about you, Justin? Um, I'll say I, I think you were complimenting him here, so I'm just double checking. Yeah, Jordan Peele doesn't, you know, he doesn't want to do the jump scares because that yeah, is kind of. Yeah, okay. Com- that, yeah, and right. that's, and that's fine. And I and I think he's I like a great it. mind. I, I definitely want him to keep making movies. I'm still going to see his movies. For I'll sure. say that. Definitely want to support, yeah. support the it is, you know. Go ahead. No, I'm just saying definitely keep making movies. Definitely like his mind. I like where he's headed. Um, I feel like maybe he was almost anointed too soon. Okay, yeah. Oh, sure. I still, yeah, give him time, give him time. Yeah, yeah, definitely give him time, and he's going to grow into his own, like M. Night got there, like uh, Alfred Hitchcock got there, like uh, Stanley Kubrick got there. Yeah. Um, Great comparison. Definitely those guys, those guys bring, you know, to my mind, and yeah, I mean, it's fine, we're seeing, but I'm, I'm just not going to pay, like, you know, $30 a ticket and didn't think it was as great as the hype was, that's yeah. all. And maybe yeah. I hyped it up too much unique, because I yeah. literally was looking forward to this for like weeks straight. Yeah. I think it's already doubled what Get Out made. So clearly, you know, but I will. Oh, yeah, add- but but I mean, that's like the hype, though. Yeah, it's the hype. So we'll see repeat business and how it continues to do. So I agree with that. Um, I wrote down a bunch of notes about the movie. Okay. And. Some of them you may have caught on to, but I may feel that this may change your opinion on it once you kind of add everything up. So I'm going to start off by saying when she entered the house, again, we're in spoiler mode here. So when they originally entered the house, you'll notice that she told the mom to handcuff herself to the table. That was payback from when they were little and she handcuffed her to the bed. Okay. Did you catch that, that part? Pick, that I didn't pick up on. Okay. There's a list here that you probably didn't pick up on. Yes, How about yes, the yes, yes. Okay. Trick? Okay. Thank you. Yes. Notice why the little yep. boy had a burnt face? Yeah. Because the kid kept doing the lighter trick, and he was doing it burning himself. Oh. That's yeah. a good one. <laughs> oh, boy. Mankind. Okay. 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 
So now, now remember when the girl went flying into the woods and landed in the tree? <laughs> yeah, that was pretty sweet. Remember what the mom went and did? Watched her. She went and she gave sympathy on the little girl because she was in her spot as a young girl. Okay. She was sympathizing with her because she was in the same spot. So she went and held her and was with her on her dying moments. I get it. Because like, I, I will fix. Remember I didn't another, that she showed sympathy, you know? I just didn't fully right. understand it at that time. Okay, okay, okay. Now, quick add in also when the boy was backing up to die in the fire at the end, she was screaming not to do it. She was, again, putting sympathy on the kid because she knew. Wait, so, so she... Yeah, she was yelling for the guy, the little kid. Now, do you remember what the little girl's shirt was in the beginning? Thriller. Do you remember how the Thriller video ended? Uh, Michael Jackson eating popcorn laughing as like a zombie guy. It was him revealing he was bad all along. Yeah. Ah, okay. Oh. That's a good one. Dun, dun, right. Dun, dun. Okay. So there you See, go. All, they this, told all us, the stuff I've read online uh, after the movie, it wasn't any of that stuff. That's a good right. one. Right. So they, they told you how it was going to end. Again, it's an M. Night type thing. But do you know why the girl had the raspy voice? Mm, no, because she didn't know how to talk. Because she got choked, so the girl wouldn't talk as a young girl. Who choked her? What? The girl in the mirror. Oh, she did choke her? Yeah, when she reached out and choked her. I thought she, like, just touched her, and her touching her was, like, her power to knock her unconscious or something. No. Uh, No. And I will quick add the little boy. There's a lot of talk about the little boy, if he's one of the tethered or not. He's not. But okay, I, I would have guessed that he was. Remember when the mom killed the twin at the end and was just like wailing on her in the kitchen? <laughs> yeah, that was pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah. As she was killing her there and as she was killing the uh, doppelganger, she was grunting. She had been resorting back to her previous self. She was sure. making the grunting noises. Sure. Ra- Rachel noticed that. So the kid knew. And then the kid noticed, yes, and see, stared at her. See, so Rachel- he Rachel is good at noticing all that stuff. Yeah, she's pretty. Pers- yeah, pers- and she actually uh, note on that. She pers- actually like was messaging me about perceptive. it and stuff. Like, oh, did you know that? I'm like, oh, did you hear this? And like, I was like, uh, no, no, <laughs> I didn't pick up on that. She's like, you didn't? I was like, uh, <laughs> she's, I'm a she's, moron. No, <laughs> she's really perceptive. Yeah, she. She was like, oh, did, when did you realize it was this? I'm like, I didn't. <laughs> I was like, I didn't. So like, well, what? You didn't know this? I'm like, uh, no. <laughs> I'm there, like, I'm sorry, I'm a moron. I'm like, I'm like, damn it. She always figures that out with stuff too. Like, she's she really good at that. Yeah, there is, is, there is a part of people that do think the little boys, uh, you know, part of it. What? Yeah, added I to thought it. he was after the movie. No. Me, and, me and my girlfriend saw it, and I was like, so is the boy one of them? No, because he was talking. But there's a part of it that says the dad, too. the dad had mentioned earlier that he had been acting weird since their grandma died, and another part was. Right before the family invaded their home, uh, the mom told him to get the bat, and he didn't know where to go. He just stood there. And oh, obviously, he would know. But I'll quick add, the homeless guy, if you remember him standing on the beach, he was wearing red underneath his. He was part of the tethered. Yeah. I would um, be the homeless guy. There was a scene <laughs> where they were sitting on the couch, and they showed a spider crawling. It was crawling away from a like spider little memorial thing. Yeah. So it was a real one going away from a fake one. And there's another part in the movie where the song is playing on the radio and the mom is doing the beat. Remember that? Yeah. She was horribly off key because, you know, 
she didn't get it. And in the beginning, it wasn't that she didn't want to go back to the beach. It was she didn't want to go back to that beach because obviously she knew if she went back to the crime, you know, she might be caught. I get it because it. I was I was watching that. I'm like, she isn't really with the beat because she's even trying to tell him like, oh, get with the rhythm. I'm like, she's not right. really getting with the rhythm, but I didn't feel like it was my place to tell her that. So. Exactly. And <laughs> another part that I saw added was, you know, how they did the beginning with the united hands and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. They, they said the United States of whatever it was, the yeah. handhold, whatever. Yeah. Well, the movie is called Us, United States. So oh, you know, I could play into it. Didn't know that either. That's when the movie started and they flipped through the TV channels. Yeah, there was another movie and then Goonies. Well, what's the Goonies? The guy Goonies, underneath. Under, was the, <laughs> it was about the. It was about underground of uh, world underneath. So again, yeah. it was telling you what was coming. Sure. Um, just, right. So, just the, so put your Jordan Peele movies on a Mount Rushmore. Well, there's only two, <laughs> but just a uh, quick go through these. There's more. I still, but... put, tri- I still put Triple H on a Jordan Peele moment. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sure you would. The other part was um, obviously Gilbert. Somebody had to lead the charge underground. Obviously, that was the girl. If you notice also the car sticker on the back of their car, it was the family holding hands. Sure. Yeah. Oh, sure. That was a little oh, hand. Good one. Okay, okay. Um, in the beginning, the girl had a red candy apple signifying red, and then there was the scene where the red Frisbee covered the blue circle, and the mom just yeah, stared at it. Yeah, I didn't get sure. that one. I didn't well, get that one. Well, it was about her, again, the tethered covering up the red, you know. And if you're wondering about the Jeremiah 1111 quote. That one I looked up. Okay, that one, but I'll also add that. Do you remember what the time clock said as the invasion happened? 11 Okay. 11. The clock said 11 11. Yeah, yeah. And that is the only time during the day four numbers are lined up in a row. Sure. 1111. Um, there's another part where if you look at the poster, the scissors head, right. it looks like, um, you know, either rabbit ears or it looks like two heads, but looking in different directions. Yeah. Donnie Darko. <laughs> the, you will remember the beginning the little girl started whistling oh rabbits the little girl was whistling when she went to the mirror room yes and then when the invasion happened she started whistling again because it was the same girl okay and that was a clue and obviously when the mom was staring at everyone during the invasion she quick looked at the daughter and said put on your shoes and sure enough she told her to run so she knew it was coming because she knew what she was doing, you know, because it was basically her. Sure. Same with the spare key. How do you think the mom found it? Right. The mom got the spare key because she knew where it was. Okay. Um, the final battle scene, notice how the girl kept, like, running into the knife. Yeah. Do you remember, like, she just looked foolish, like, trying to stab and being horrible? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I did think of that. I'm like, what a moron. Like, why are you constantly... It's because of the dancing. They don't have the movements. That's why they all walked funny. She was trying to do something, but the mom already knew what she was doing. Oh, sure. Yeah, but here's the thing after all that. There's two more. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. All right. Okay. Well, the other... Other one is the shirt that she wears gets redder and redder, obviously from blood, but it's signifying that, you know, she is one of the tethered. So okay. it gets redder and redder throughout. And then the final one is they can't 
I don't know about this one, but they can't kill their own. Remember when the twin like had her down and she basically just laid on. Oh sure. What do, you, what do you mean? Well, they didn't ever kill her. the The blonde, the blonde family, the tethered version of her, had her behind and was going to stab her, but didn't because she was one of them. So they didn't kill their own. Okay. So they always had the chance. But anyways, needless to say, I liked it. I, I'll give it about a nine. I think it's like oh M. Night. I would see this one again, unlike Captain Marvel. I will say that yeah. one yeah. of those, are, if you just add it up and not walk out of the theater going, well, what was that crap? Well, you need to think about <laughs> it. Was that piece of shit? And obviously the kid looking at her was, he now knows. That's why the mom gave him that little talk. Right. But she, he walked in when she was taking the, the scissors. Clearly she looked like she knew what she was doing with them as she destroyed this twin. And then at the end, when she freaking choked the girl with the handcuffs and was grunting, and she looks over, and the kid is in the locker watching her. And it's like, uh uh-oh. The the kid grunted, and I thought the kid grunted at the end, and that's when I was like, is he one of them? No, I don't think so. There's there are theories that he is, but I don't think he is. I don't think so. Says he isn't, but it'd be interesting. And then, um. You know, the question is, what's next? Do they just live however, or do they now bulldoze through the wall and try to, or does she lead them into a trap? You know, what yeah, is the game? Then it just becomes another typical zombie movie in my mind. But yeah, I, I don't want, the, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Definitely don't, don't do a sequel. Please don't do a sequel. That'll actually bring it down worse. But again, I, with all your points and stuff, that didn't know all that stuff. But then it's like, how's the average moviegoer supposed to figure any of that out? Well, you say that, yet I did, and Rachel did. All of that? There's no way. Not all of it. No, not all of it. Right. She she figured out stuff, and she's really good at that stuff. And maybe I'm the average dumb moviegoer who (laughs) puts Triple H on a Mount Rushmore. But (laughs) but again, like... But again, like, I I had to look up the movie afterward just to, like, figure it out. And I I feel like if you have to do that... It's obviously maybe not as clear because okay, the moron like me can't figure it out. And it, but it's good to talk. It's good to hear everyone's perspective of it, what they thought, what they think. But at the same time, um, yeah, I guess that's just what I thought. But I know Justin's big on the twist, so I knew I just knew you were going to give a big score. And <laughs> me and Justenia, uh, my girlfriend, were we're driving home from it. She's like, "Oh, let me guess, Justin's going to absolutely love this movie, and he's going to give it the greatest score ever." And I'm like, "He probably will." Well, you mentioned that, and she was like, it, "It was nothing until the end." And I'm like, "Yeah," and the end to me just doesn't make up for it. And and then I'm like, I know, I, we were like, I know exactly what Justin's going to say. I know he's going to just, he's going to love it. And he's going to think it's the greatest thing ever. And I think it's, um, I think it's just funny because Holly, right when it ended, she goes, oh, that's why she was the only one of them that could talk. And I looked at her, I'm like. See, but that to me meant the opposite. No, it meant she was a human. That was pretty clear. She so wasn't. I thought I just looked at her and I was like, I'm so proud of you. You actually caught on to, you know, but then, a little but thing. Then the other, but <laughs> but I was thinking the other way. I was thinking the other way and the other one. No, everyone else was grunting and stuff. And yet this other girl was oh, able wait. to talk and stuff. Like clearly that meant. Barely though, like not at all. But then her being the fake one, how how is she able to talk? Well, they said she went quiet for five years and they just said it was. PTSD or I can't, what is it? Post-traumatic. Yeah, post-traumatic stress disorder. 
So I mean, she's able okay. to. Who just voted yes on my poll? <laughs> One of you is guilty because I have a poll up on Twitter that says, I "Does Sable deserve to be on the Mount Rushmore?" So far, sixty-seven percent say this is I stupid. I didn't even see a poll. I didn't even see a poll, so it wasn't me. Sixty-seven percent say this is stupid. Twenty-five percent say no, and one vote just said yes. So I'm pointing here. One. For no, Sable, yeah. No, too. I'm not saying Mount Rushmore. I feel like <laughs> I feel like to not mention her over any woman, like because without okay, someone whoever Lanny is, he married the it's, owner's daughter. Fool. No, you look at his comment below that. Yeah, he's no. Well, he commented me. He said, "Okay, you're just a troll site." And then the other guy says, "No, but her place in wrestling history probably is somewhat underrated. Though it was a brief period for a time, she legit." was the number two baby face in the Attitude Era behind Stone Cold. But no, clearly a no. And Matt, thanks for now slanting my poll even more. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. You're off the podcast. Off the podcast. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, this is going to be a landslide just like the Stone Cold Triple H thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not even close. So you can slant it all you want. I'm taking that vote away. <laughs> <laughs> Delete. <laughs> Delete, yeah. Delete, so. All right, so I liked us. I liked our uh, Mount Rushmores. Do you guys have any closing thoughts? No. Matt? No, I'm good. Nothing? No. You guys okay. bring it home. Um, yeah, I feel like it was a good discussion. Again, more surprised that our lists were actually kind of close. I actually thought they were going to be far apart, and we were going to really, really argue some points. Um, honorable mentions again, I feel like they could go either way, but again, this is one of those things where there's no definitive answer. Um, again, I feel like, yeah, Stone Cold definitely got to be on there. Hogan got to be on there. Vince, yeah, one of the borderlines, depending how you word it, Triple H, The Rock, Andre the Giant. I mean, they're, they're all right there. So it's, it's just personal preference, I think. So, right. I do think um, Hogan, Stone Cold, and then from there. But I will quick add, Lanny says, Andre, Stone Cold, Rock, and Bruno as his. So, Mr. Matty Moses, do you got a quick plug for us? Oh, if you guys get a chance, feel free to head over to my YouTube channel or Instagram of uh, Mr. Matty Moses. Other than that, you know, thanks for tuning into the podcast. How about you, Noah? Um, I, I, honestly, I got nothing here. I got nothing going on. <laughs> I'm just here to give you the, the, the armchair reviews and you know enjoy a drink with my brother, my best friend, and maybe Good I can stuff. turn things around, but they're the ones that promote, they're the ones that to read and write and get you guys out there, not me. All righty, I'm gonna give one last quick plug. You're listening to the 411 Foresight Wrestling Podcast on the 411 Podcast Network, Apple, Spotify, Google Play, TuneIn, YouTube, and yes, iTunes. Give us all the good stuff. We're gonna close it here with Moses and the Hermit from Act One, Nova Scotia. Moses, hit it, eat it up. It's easy to find, neither of which one can buy Both of them easy to hide, you can't deny that impact felt Rue with love or rue with the belt Walking around with the handheld We all got a soul we could choose to sell Keep it for you, keep it for love Give it to evil or give it above Throw it away, give it to none Down goes the moon, up comes the sun So 
signaling us a new day has begun Starting and over, starting anew Weight of the world seems heavy to you Serenity now, what do you do? Black and white seems easy to choose But that gray area is always abused Is there a higher power or a deity? Cause it seems like it's always up to me Gotta find the answers, I find a peace We'd all find our own with serenity yeah, Here we are now, where have I been? Traveling space, getting it in Living this life, bad in this tent Rolling the dice, where does it end? Here we are now, where have I been? Traveling space, getting it in Living this life, bad in this pen Rolling the dice, when does it end? Living this life, bad in this pen Rolling this dice, when does it end? This is my ode to the road This is the depth of my soul Either you stretch or you fold Back down or you roll How many miles, who knows? How many breaths to go? I know 40 that's gone And I'm 40 years old To the evil ones we put sitting on their shoulders Need to stop doing this bogus Need to sit down and refocus Every day the dark approaches Always going unnoticed Until it shows up, pops off And leave you like bogus Here we are now, clashing again Losing my family for losing Friends, rolling this dice, thick eyes again. Open my eyes, praying it in. Here we are now, clashing again. Losing my family for losing friends. Rolling this dice, thick eyes again. Open my eyes. It was almost over, saw light over my shoulder. I don't know, guess I watch Jehovah or heat from supernovas. And I'm just here like these vultures always seem to control us. Got us fighting for colors when we supposed to be brothers. Here we are now, at it again. Once we change slaves again, when do we learn? Get in this pen, living this life, brothers again. Here we are now, at it again. Once we change slaves again, when do we learn? Get in this pen, living this life, brothers again. Here we are now, where have I been? Traveling space, getting it. Living this life, petting this tin, rolling this dice, when is it in? Here we are now, where have I been? Traveling space, getting it in. Living this life, petting this tin, rolling this dice, when is it in? Only God knows exactly where my heart is at Focus on the spiritual, ain't no need in looking back This for hypochondriacs, wishing for they life back Slide a knife close to your neck, bet they swallow that I've been to hell and back, car wrecks and gunshots Man, I'm from Racine, God, the only way I made it out And that's on everything I love, see it plays out Let me grab this Guinness stout, check out what I'm talking about Here we are now, where have I been? Traveling in space, getting it in Living this life, patting this pen, rolling the dice, when is it in? Here we are now, where have I been? Traveling space, getting it in. Living this life, patting this pen, rolling the dice, when is it in? Still standing, kept moving legs strong, boy. Autobots roll out, you can't stop the convoy. Reconstructed just to make the frame strong, boy. Niggas, Iron Man, Titanium Alloy. The either or is to build or destroy, to take life away. Or to give joy I do both My checks for the friends and foes That's how you keep the balance Before you overload Here we are now Where have I been? Traveling space Getting it in Living this life Patting this pen Rolling this dice When is it in? Here we are now Where have I been? Traveling space Getting it in Living this life Patting this pen Rolling this dice Where does it end? In my dreams I find serenity One of my places Away from enemies I'm thinking about things Without stressing Think about life Count all my blessings Couple of kids A beautiful wife How to let negativity in my life so i'm letting it go i'm riding the wave that peaceful feeling can't give it away you try and hold on when life gets hectic leaving no answers just a bunch of questions you lean on me like i lean on you we heard of the obstacles what do you do set up a shop and drop the rest with haste only so many moments so many days make the best of now and live life full because once you do that you'll own the bull